Mic'd Up with Mellow and Big Country, brought to you by the great folks at Mid-America RV. Why work from home when your office could be in Yellowstone or Frisco, Texas, even? Uh, 2022 will be the year to rediscover the outdoors. Mid-America RV is your gateway to adventure with their diverse selection of travel trailers, fifth wheels, teardrops, and toy haulers. They have the right size RV for any vehicle, all covered by their exclusive RV warranty forever. Game days, remote work, getaways, and family vacations are all better in an RV for Mid-America RV. Experience travel like you never have before. Find out more at MidAmericaRV.com. Special shout-out to those guys who will be um, sponsoring some more trips. And we are back today. It feels like we've been out of this office for 12 days. I mean, we pretty much have. We missed (laughs) one episode. Due to travel. We did miss one episode, and uh, I, I mean, it was a good. I mean, there was a good reason for it, and we did have a good trip down to Dallas. Visited uh, Duke Mannyweather and the O line mastermind guys, and it was just awesome to tour that facility, see the players work out. I know we'll dive into that today, most likely in our second segment. Um, but it was awesome. It was fun, and then like I was kind of reflecting last night because we got back. Oh, big self reflection guy. Well, I mean, we got back from Dallas, and it was like, all right, go home and change. We're going to a concert. And I was like, all right, no idea who this guy is. And then it turns out I've actually been listening to this guy's songs and knew some of them. It was like, fuck, look at me go. Like, <laughs> who would have thought? It's Literally, not, not me. Where you have heard of an artist that I have not. Yeah. Well, here's the other thing. I forgot about him, but I've been listening to his songs. Like, when it started playing, I was like, oh, I fucking sing this shit in the shower. That's about when I'm scrubbing dub dub on my shoulders. Yeah, we're cool. We go to concerts. <laughs> yeah, after going to Dallas, not concerts in Dallas. Yeah. No basketball games in Dallas. We'll go, we'll drive to Memphis for basketball games, Chiefs games, Dallas here, concerts in Pittsburgh, Kansas. It was a good one. It was. It was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. Good job to uh, the Pit. Is that the name of the bar? Yep. They did a great job of putting on a show. Hey, was an American <laughs> Idol winner. Yeah. Opened up for this guy last night. Uh, his name's Chase. I met his uh, steel guitar player. Yeah. Uh, his name was Rue. He's from Australia. He loves living in America. That's Greatest really country Australian in the world, name, mate. By the way. Huh? That's a really good Australian name. Yeah, it is. I almost thought I didn't hear him correctly or I forgot it. So I was like, it's Rue, right? And he was like, yeah. I was like, hell yeah, dude. That's awesome. <laughs> As in Kanga? <laughs> or like, you're going to Rue this day? <laughs> Yeah, but we have, uh, we've had some great travels. We did get to go to Frisco, Texas, just outside of Dallas. And I don't know, scout, I guess. I don't know what the appropriate term is. But we got to talk to Duke Mannyweather, got to uh, watch a lot of the workouts that they did there. And then on Wednesday, Thursday, yesterday, uh, we were able to get some special access even to go check out the guys that they have there. And we will talk about that more uh, but I did want to get to some news and notes just to start the show, and then we're going to get into what we saw while we were in Dallas, and also we're going to pick our playoff games for this weekend. But let's start here with our Kansas City Chiefs. I feel like we have to address this, because if I'm going to shit on other teams when they're dumb, I'm going to also shit on my team when they are dumb. Willie Gay gets arrested late Wednesday night Uh It's a domestic violence situation where he broke a vacuum cleaner is what it sounds like. But in the state of Kansas, since there was a domestic violence, somebody has to go to jail. Domestic dispute. 
or yeah. is it considered domestic violence? I, I don't know. Yeah. Not a lot. Just went to school for a long time. I mean, just <clears throat> one thing after another, man. Yeah. Well, I feel like I'm I'm a huge Chiefs fan. We all know that. It is so aggravating having to hear off the field issues at any point in the season. Whether like it happened last night, whether it happened like earlier in the year and then they're getting cut in November or they're just they're getting arrested at a gas station or they're getting arrested in Los Angeles with guns in their vehicle and they're not allowed to have guns and then it's just all this other stuff that takes place and you're like why does this keep happening but it's like we all overlook it cuz you're winning and winning yeah. covers up a lot of stuff and granted the situation with Willie Gay no one was physically hurt which is good it kind of sucks to think that the kid possibly saw this and the outrage that's never a good situation for a child to be in but at least we can say this time, it's only a vacuum. Hopefully. Yeah. I always wait for more of these uh, details to come out. Yep. Stories like this. Uh, I don't remember who it was, but it was like last summer or maybe this Yeah, this past summer. Somebody got in trouble and was like, oh, it's, it's fine. I think it might have been Richard Sherman. Uh, when at the beginning of that story, oh. it was like, oh, he was just outside of the house, like yelling and trying to get in. Nope. He was like yelling very aggressive things and trying to kick a door in. So yeah, that is like where threatening I'm like, to kill his father-in-law. <laughs> let's let's see what really happened with this. And it sounds like Willie Gay is going to play this weekend. I don't think he should. I think if you get arrested the week of a game, there should just be a policy you don't get to play that week. Yeah, it shouldn't even be up to the team or discretion. If you get arrested for any reason, you should not get to play. I don't care if it's the Super Bowl, if it's preseason. You should not be playing in a game where you're yeah. arrested. It does make sense. I do think it's a little weird. And I'm not just saying this just because he's a Chiefs player that they that they took him to like the jail for like the vacuum. Like I don't know, just like a, a simple encounter, man. It was because the I believe the the mother of his child, from my understanding, called the cops and requested that. And so it was like so she just gets to request him going to jail. Well, that's because there was definitely a lot more than just a broken vacuum. Homie's not just vacuuming the living room and then it breaks. And it's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. shoot, you go to jail. You yeah. pay $1,000. There was definitely more to that story where yeah. he was probably being a dickhead. And, again, that's why he should not play this weekend. But sounds like he probably will. I didn't hear anything from the Chiefs about a suspension. I didn't even see a statement. We were traveling and we're a very busy day yesterday. But I didn't even see a statement released by the Chiefs. No, because I think they're probably still trying to figure things out. The only statement we saw was from the representative that explained, like, nobody was touched or harmed. It was only the vacuum, and that was it. And he has to pay a fine, and he had court yesterday at 2.30, and then he was released. I didn't even So he had to pay the fine and buy a new vacuum. Yeah, so, I mean, he was in jail, I think, majority of the day yesterday until, like, 2.30 he had his court hearing, and then that was it. Yep, and this is just another incident with the Chiefs, like you said. I mean, it's been one after the other. And I you know, we were talking about yesterday when we were even coming home. They have a reputation now in the league as like the team with the worst off-field issues. Uh, I mean, yeah. Like the you... Giants had a really mm. not the Giants. The Raiders had a really bad season. But Kansas City's consistently since like Javon Belcher back to what was yeah. that like 2013 something 2012 I think. Yeah. Right in that area. But yeah, I mean right before Tyree you reached out to town. Kareem Hunt. Yeah. 
It's, been, it, it's just never ending. And then it gets to a point where you're like, okay, this Willie Gay news drops first thing in the morning right after we left that practice or the, the training session. And then we get in the car, that news breaks, and then we're leaving. And all of a sudden the Damon Arnett breaks, news breaks. Yeah. Chiefs have signed him to a future deal. It's like, why? Like, yeah. what? Why is there even any interest in that at all? He's not good. Like, at some point, you just have to say, okay, this might be a good player. This is not good for PR. So we're not going to take on. I know we joke about them, like their PR staff's always just like really busy or stressed out. Or I've made the comments like one of the best in the league. Man, they keep them busy. I'm kind of glad I didn't get that dream job straight out of college of working PR for the Chiefs. Because I'd be like, God damn it, Brett, just hold on a second. Another one? (laughs) Yeah, we got a guy sitting in freaking county jail, and you're bringing in Damon Arnett, who's jokingly making videos, pointing a gun to a camera, saying he's going to kill somebody. Yeah, I was like, just tough chill. Look. A couple months ago, tough look. Yeah. And um, again, as we were talking yesterday, this isn't even one of those Brett Veach situations where it's like, oh, this was a first round pick. Like he's probably got a lot of potential. I think there was one team out there that thought he was a first round pick. And that was the Las Vegas Raiders. I think there might have been one person who thought like, that, and his name was John Gruden. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And even with Damon Arnett, it's not like he's played exceptionally well. I mean, we're already talking about him as a bust. He was probably going to get cut after the season, regardless of what he did with those guns. Yeah. His on-field play was enough to be like, not probably not good. <laughs> like, if Gruden were still around, they might hang on to him. But when Gruden got fired, I definitely think Arnett – would have been gone as well. But it's it's you like to see players get second chances. But can we spread it out to maybe some other teams? Because even with Damon Arnett, like what he did was stupid. Mm-hmm. Nobody got hurt. He made some threats, showed off some guns. It was dumb. He deserves a second chance in the league. I wish it were with a different team. Yeah, I mean, let him go to the Jets or something. Yeah. Let them continue to stink. Go to Cleveland. Go to Jacksonville where there's nothing to do and no one cares. Or Cincinnati. Apparently there's nothing to do there either. And um, speaking of the Chiefs, uh, their guy, Poles, who is – he's like the player personnel guy. Mm-hmm. I tend to confuse him with other front office members. I think he's pretty much like the assistant GM. Yeah, he's correct? high up. Yeah. And he's not going to be that assistant GM for long. Uh, he's been interviewing for almost every job. Uh, yesterday completed his second interview with the Giants. Uh, he's interviewed with the Vikings. I think the Dolphins even. Mm-hmm. Uh, this guy's all over the place. I think that it, it's kind of trending that he's going to be the first GM hire. And I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, especially when people look at the Chiefs and go, all right, they're 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 able to bring in talent in at certain levels, develop the talent and be good. And they're, they're getting good value players every point and nearly every point in the draft. You love to see that. Now you have the Giants and the Vikings like, we would love that. Instead of just like first-round obvious picks, we would love a guy to have some value to our offense or defense from the third to the sixth round, you know, or a sleeper in the seventh that we kind of overlooked or didn't get – you know, we didn't take enough of a deep dive on medical, and he slips in the draft. It's like, we actually probably should have taken this guy in the third or the fourth. And you get that leadership from Poles and that experience and what he's used to and working with those guys in the scouting room for Kansas City. I think that's going to benefit another team a lot, I and mean, especially a Giants or Vikings organization. And uh, we were able to talk to a lot of people <clears throat> this weekend, not just 
prospects, not just O-line coaches. It's amazing the, the number of people that you can run into when you're just around these draft prospects. Yeah. And I think a lot of people have already uh, started to tie Eric Bieniemy's name to polls. Like, oh, we will go together. And I was kind of thinking that it was a possibility, too. Talking to the people who were more involved with the league, it was almost an immediate, no, can't do it, can't do it. Can't have a first-year head coach and a first-year GM look for them to go after somebody with a little more experience. Mm -hmm. Uh, To which a lot of people already pointed out Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson would be a great fit with polls, a similar offense to what he had with Andy Reid, an experienced coach and a first-year GM. So I know that a lot of people have already been trying to piece it together of polls and BNME are going somewhere together. Now, I don't think you can just like rule it out. It's absolutely not going to happen. Yeah. Say never. But it does sound like um, polls probably going to be the first GM named this hiring circuit. Probably going to go after a more veteran coach to bring with him wherever he goes, whether it is New York or Minnesota. Yep. I do wonder, like, the head coach, if you would bring in, like, a Kansas City guy. Like, even if it's not Eric Bieniemy, if it does become a Doug Peterson, like you said. That's yeah, something well, I didn't really think of. It's not it going to be Nagy. Yeah. <laughs> that would be – that would be a PR nightmare. <laughs> you like, hire – Golly. <laughs> I would like to see Matt Nagy maybe get another chance. Yeah, with something a little bit more consistent and yeah. valuable. I still think he can be a good coach. It just – Chicago was not a. I mean, that was something we've talked about a lot this uh, on the trip to Dallas too. You know, you talk to these guys and you start asking about players in the league, and it's like, hey, like yeah, he didn't look like he did good, and people kind of questioned it. Dude's in a terrible situation, and I think that's something we kind of overlook overlook with some of these players is situationally, it's like you're not set up to succeed, so you're gonna look bad. Kind of the same thing with some of these coaches, you know, and it's just like you look at it and it's like, ooh, right. like. That sucks. Like that really sucks for Nagy. That that's kind of the situation he was put in, but it's just it's part of it. So if he does get another opportunity, hopefully it's in a better situation. Yep. And I don't. I don't know. I don't think it'll happen this year. I no, don't think no, no, get no. A head coach job. He might go be like an OC somewhere, uh, where I think he would probably do pretty well. I wonder if he'll get to start out as an OC. If it's like actually, you're just going to go be a receivers or quarterbacks coach. Yeah, you're going to have to kind of work your way back up. Before um, another team that's looking to hire some coaches, possibly, is the Dallas Cowboys. And I saw this one this morning. Dak Prescott was fined twenty five thousand dollars for the comments that he made uh, about the refs after their their playoff loss. Mm-hmm. And I get it. Like you can't condone throwing trash at the referees 25,000 that's a lot of money it's almost like i kind of wish i would have said more like fuck (laughs) you are protecting these refs you value them more than what you are a player like if you have a dirty hit against another player it's like a ten thousand dollar fine yeah you're right actually you talk about a ref it's twenty five thousand dollars like, you've doubled it. I wonder if they just hit him with uh, – they probably put extra on it. It was like because you threatened the, like, health of a referee. Because, like, what if it's like – what if it's not trash next time and it's like, you know, a freaking pool shitty. ball? Even if they are wrong, don't throw stuff at Oh, my God. Yeah, that's I, – I couldn't have, like, the guts to do that. Like, even on Buffalo where they're carrying in the old buildos and then they throw those on the field. Yeah. Like, what? Or we were in Kansas City for that Steelers game, and 
Something was getting thrown. Was did we ever figure out what it was? I we think it was just trash. Trash. I think so. it was like wadded up like hot dog or hamburger wrapper. Yeah. And they just were launching them down into the first row. It was like, whew, that thing was humming. Yeah. Which at least like that's probably not going to hurt anyone. Yeah. But don't do it. Not to the refs. Even if they do <laughs> suck. It's just be better. Be a better person. Yeah. I can remember when there was like an emphasis on like, oh, we're not going to show people when they run on the field. We're not going to give these people their attention that they want when they're showing trash or throwing trash or anything like that. Not anymore. Now it's like, oh, yep, go to it. Camera pan to that guy. Yeah. Let's put him on screen. Right, so I don't know. Maybe they need to go back to the old, we don't pay them any attention. With that one, it was it was interesting because the players ran off the field pretty much with the refs. Like, yeah. because they were all so pissed off with the way the game ended. Yeah. It was just like, we're all leaving together. Like, we're not going to go out here and dap up the Niners. That was shitty. Yeah. And I think it was Dak who even thought, like, the fans were booing. The players, the players. yeah. And that's what kind of started it all. But it was – I'm surprised that the NFL find them find him so much money. $25,000. Yeah. That is a little ridiculous. Yeah. I but hear that. that like your own perspective of how much money that is. <laughs> you hear the twenty five, but I do wonder how much it is to Dak. Is he just like, mm, whatever. I'll go do a sleep number ad and get that right for one little yeah. shoot. I'll do a commercial. Guess I'll schedule another one. Yeah. And boop, bam, it's done for. It still probably sucks to be like, ah, oh, man, I have to deal with this. I have to yep. pay this. I mean, $25,000 is a lot of money to anyone. I think sometimes uh, certain players get hit with that little $10,000 fine that the NFL throws out. And it's like, Psh, don't care. That's nothing <laughs> to me. Forget about it. Especially if, like, I don't know why a quarterback would ever be fined in the NFL. But if a quarterback making that much money got fined, wouldn't even care. Wouldn't even bat an eye. Just say, oh. 10000 that sucks. Whatever. Bye-bye. Like me getting like a $100 speeding ticket. Like, ah, fuck. Don't want to have to pay that, but <laughs> whatevs. We good. Uh, also, uh, how about a little baseball talk? The Tampa Bay Rays were looking into splitting their season between Montreal and Tampa Bay. And yesterday, the MLB came out and said, nope, you are not going to do that. <laughs> At a rare occasion, I agree with Major League Baseball. That's so stupid. You cannot. Yeah. What are we even supposed to call you? The Tampa Bay Montreal Rays? Would you just call us the Rays? We don't need. We're not. We're not locked down to any particular city. This is an open relationship with the MLB and our yeah. cities. We just go back and forth. And would you do like a legit split in half of the season? It would be like Monday, Tuesday, we play in Montreal. Friday and Sunday, we'll play in wherever. Yeah, you probably just, however their schedule is. Be like, okay, we're gonna play three days. Here in Montreal, then we go on a road trip, then we'll come back to Tampa. That would be a nightmare as a player. Yeah. I mean, let's say you, you're, you've you got some games down in the south, and then you go up to the east coast, and then you go up to Montreal, and then you go down to the west coast, come back right. across the middle of the country, and then it's just so in between be those home games and away games. Yeah, you could be playing home games that don't feel like home to you because you're probably not living there. Yeah, like maybe some players would be like, "Yep, like Montreal better. I'm going to live there." So when you're playing games in Tampa Bay, you're like, "Shit, it sucks here. Like, why are we still doing?" Man, that? and that would suck for your taxes too to be like, "Well, we spent fucking half the year here, half the yeah. year in there." I was like, "I just." And I'm in getting... some states, if you work there enough, you have to pay taxes there. Yeah, and they're getting professional athletes. Like, if you worked so many times in New York, you have to pay taxes there, even if you're a Tampa Bay Ray. Imagine like the players that are getting traded. 
Uh, like you got to go file. Let's say you play for Phoenix, and then you moved to New York, and you play there a little bit, and then they trade you to Florida, and you're just like, God damn it! I got to file three different states. Or if you play too many games in California, you know, playing Sacramento, Golden State, and the Lakers, it's like, oh, you kind of played. You were here like a, a month for work. <laughs> I love it's that. Cost meme, you a little bit. Uh, that is like a guy filing his taxes, and it's like, oh, okay, how much do I owe you, IRS? Not going to tell you. Oh, okay, is this much fine? Nope, going to jail. <laughs> like, just <laughs> yeah. send me a bill, and uh, yeah, I'll pay it. But now I have to take it to someone else and be like, hey, look at how much money I've made this year. Does this seem like it's enough money? And then the IRS is like, yep, we checked it out. You're good. It's such a weird system. It very much is. Probably weirder than Tampa Bay trying to move to Montreal. I hope they move out of Tampa Bay, though. I'm not a fan. That stadium is the worst stadium in the league. I've never been to it. <laughs> it's garbage. I hate watching games in that stadium. And you think they'll just leave Tampa altogether? They should. You can't get people to show up for those games. Yeah, I mean, even being successful lately. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. yeah, they've been in like a couple World Series, and they've made some runs. Currently, like they're probably the best team in the AL East, regardless of salaries and budget, but they, they can't draw fans. The Las Vegas Rays or the Nashville Rays? What sounds better to you? Selfishly, the Nashville Rays. (laughs) I think it could work. It kind of does. Can you imagine playing baseball in Vegas, though? Have you spent much time in Vegas? Uh Uh-uh. It's one of the hottest places I've ever been in my life. Oh, it'd have to be a dome. It would have to be. I went there once and pretty much walked the whole street. partner with the Raiders. And we go back to the split stadium. Oh, man. Bring in the Just dirt. when you thought you got away. Yeah. Nope. And the A's are another team that might move. Yeah. So, to Vegas, actually, right? Isn't yeah, that move disgusting? both of them. You know, put the A's in Vegas. That works out. Put the Rays in Nashville. Shit, do like what the Chargers and Rams are, split a stadium? That actually would be kind of cool to see a baseball team do that. Maybe not. Maybe not that cool. Did I thought somebody used to. But no, I don't. Because it would have to be Chicago, L.A., or New York. None of them share a stadium. But maybe baseball could. Maybe the The Las Vegas A's and the Las Vegas Rays. Yeah. Maybe the the A's should make a phone call and be like, hey, how about we split the cost of this stadium? How about you throw in a little bit or at least pay us some rent? Because we're both very small budget teams. Yep. Either of those teams going to Vegas, though, I would think that that Vegas revenue would – would be pretty nice. That's what I was going to say. I mean, that would up their worth then, being in Vegas. You put yeah. it right next to the Raiders Stadium. Being able to spend a little bit more money. Yeah. And Vegas know, is like, let's it. just keep extending this trip. Yeah, like you can't call Vegas a small market team. No. You, like maybe that first year you might struggle just a little what bit. What are they considered? Because like, I, yeah, I, I mean, like I get it. I get it's huge because like the gambling and stuff, but. Are the teams really getting that much revenue because of, I guess, I mean, any tourists, yeah. Yeah. Baseball's such a, like, a regional thing, though. Like, you're not just being like, ah, oh, I'm in Vegas, I'm going to go catch a baseball game. I wouldn't think. Yeah, because you're, <laughs> I don't know, you're going to be hungover? Is that where you get, is that where you start? Is that where you end or where you start? Yeah. And like, for, like, your trips to Vegas. I feel like a, a basketball game or a football game, it would be like, you know what, we are here, let's catch a game. I, I don't know. Baseball yeah, because I mean, you're not rolling into Vegas usually on like a like a Wednesday. Yeah. Like, hey, we're gonna. It's Wednesday night. I guess I'll just go check this game out. Yeah. 
I've had friends do that, you know, like being in Arizona or San Diego or something like that, or Houston. It's like, hey, we were in town during the week. Figured we'd just stop by and catch a game. Like, all right, that's kind of cool. See the ballpark. And not the most exciting teams, the no. A's or the Rays, <laughs> that would be going there. So it's But not traveling like, destination. <laughs> yeah, oh, man, I got to stop in to see a game. Jeter's playing. Like, nope. Oh, I got to stop in to see Matt Chapman. <laughs> <laughs> Who's a good player, but you you'd know. have to change the colors. It wouldn't like I don't think the green and yellow would look good in Vegas. I think it would be kind of nasty. Now you probably have to go some kind of black. Black works well in Vegas. It does with the uh, knights, the knights, and the Raiders. The Raiders. Pittsburgh has it right, <clears throat> where they went just black and yellow for every team. That I love that. Yeah, Keep I was simple. Yeah, I wish other cities would do it. I mean, that's the thing with like if Kansas City gets a basketball team, how are you going to fit that color scheme? I've always said it's got to be the powder blue and red. I would love that. The Bulls do it a little bit. The Kings do it a little bit. There they are, the Kings. Just come on in, bub. Yeah. You guys are already kind of heading that direction anyways with that color scheme that we just discussed. It's just probably too late for Memphis to move, but that would be amazing. God, the Kansas City Grizzlies. It makes no sense at all, but. It doesn't. Neither do the Memphis Grizzlies. No. Is there, are there Grizzlies in Memphis? No. It kind of rolls off the tongue. I don't know if it makes sense or if it just sounds smooth because that's how I've always known it. Right. Yeah, it doesn't make any any sense at all, though. Uh, speaking of NBA, uh, Russell Westbrook is a guy that we talk about a lot on this show. Mm-hmm. And he was benched in the late fourth quarter the other night. And it sounds like this is something that's going to continue. Even when Frank Vogel was asked about it, he was pretty much just straightforward and said, I put the best players out there to win the game. And clearly he doesn't feel like Russell Westbrook is one of those players, which I think comes to a shock. And I think a lot of people maybe even listening to the show are like, wait, what are you talking about? He's one of the best whatever players in the league. I don't, I don't view him that way. I think he's a turnover machine. He can't shoot. And he doesn't have effort on defense. I think he is shooting 30% from three, and it's the worst shooting percentage by point guard in the NBA. Or I think it's just like the worst shooting percentage in the league. Yeah, he's always been. For the amount of minutes that he's playing. Mm -hmm. Yep, so I I get it. And I think with Frank Vogel, you know, there's been a lot of talk of he met with the front office and he's coaching day-to-day. Like, we'll see if he gets fired or not. Um, I think within that meeting, there was probably a lot of discussions of, you want me to win games here, let me play the players that I want. Yeah. Not just the players that are getting paid, not the ones that are superstars. Let me put my best lineup out there, and then let's see if we win games. He's also shooting 66% from the free throw line, which is tough. No, I mean, is there even any trade value there? I mean, he's also making $45 million this year. Guaranteed, and then guaranteed 47 next year. Yeah, so I don't I don't know. If is he just mentally fight. done with basketball? I think he's a guy that will stay on for a while just because he is so athletic. And I think a lot of these teams, like the Oklahoma City Thunder, would probably welcome him back and just be like, yep, you'll sell a couple tickets. People will come back to see you play a couple more years. It might look really bad to where you're scoring like 15 points a game with seven turnovers, (laughs) but people will buy a ticket to be like, oh, yeah, let's see him play one more time. I think he's he's only 33. He's not very old. He needs to just kind of slow down a little bit. I know it's something we've discussed. I feel like I made that comment last time, 
And then, like, the next, the next day, he's posterizing someone in the lane. And I was like, Phew. it was Rudy Gobert who he posterized. I was like, oh, well, yeah. all right then. Sorry for talking shit. Yeah. You also can't shoot and turn the ball over. Stop doing that. A lot of Maybe people clown Rudy Gobert because he gets posterized a lot. I love that, though. Like, why would you not try to block somebody who's done Oh, it? yeah, because if you do block it, it's yeah. that's your poster. Like, those are the guys that we're making fun of, a guy that's like, yep, going to contest this dunk. We should be making fun of the guys who are just standing in the lane watching. Like, put that shit on a poster. Like, they step aside. Yeah, when they're just Pussy. looking up, like, oh, look at Russell Wilson. That was a really cool dunk. Westbrook would probably be a better dunker than Wilson, but <laughs> yeah, um, I hate it. That's one of my biggest, like, pet peeves in sports is we'll make fun of guys. Or last night, uh, one of the dudes for Indiana got dunked on, and he, like, he was a little bit upset about it. Okay, that's fine. Don't don't stand around and watch somebody dunk. Yeah. Like, if I'm LeBron and Anthony Davis is just watching somebody dunk, nope. We're going to have to have a talk. <laughs> you get your ass off the ground and you try to block a shot. Or at least just make it more difficult. It contest really contest the dunk <laughs> if yeah. you can. I mean, that's all the crazy make part, too. Even. <laughs> like, just do something. Just jump and, like, hold his. Way. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. In the NBA, you'll see so many players just be like, nope, don't want anything to do with that. I'm going to turn my body so you can have an open lane here. And it really, it, it tans my hide. Tans your hide, huh? I don't I don't know what the Lakers should do, honestly. Like I think you should probably move on from Russell Westbrook and trade him. The question is, could you trade him to Sacramento and get Buddy Healed back? Is there any way you can do that? Because I think that they wanted him, they wanted Buddy in the preseason, they couldn't get it. it. And then they made the trade for Russell. If I'm the Kings, like I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it one for one. Oh yeah, I mean something else is probably gonna have to I mean would the Kings throw an extra? The Kings would have to throw an extra, right? Or would the Lakers? I think the Lakers would. Damn. Buddy Heald's not having a great season either, though. He's only scoring 15 points a game. So maybe maybe you could ride the back of like Westbrook being a superstar. Yeah. And be like, sorry, it's cost so much. <laughs> right. Didn't realize it was going to be this much money. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I mean, we're still waiting for like the Ben Simmons. That's the yeah, so has been figured that's out. Ever going to happen? I know he's just sitting there getting fined so much money. Because I, the last time I looked into it, he was getting fined every day that he doesn't play. Like they were just taking his game check. I think it was a ridiculous amount. Like I could already reach ten million dollars. What? Am I really wrong on that? I could be. I mean, if that's what is he doing by not playing? Like, I get the, I understand that it was the mental health stuff, but let's kind of get some updates a little bit. Like, you're losing a lot of money, man. <laughs> There's a Ben Simmons fine tracker on Twitter. That's amazing. <laughs> that is. I typed in Ben Simmons got to F, and it was fine tracker. It's on Twitter, Ben's fine tracker, and they only have like 85 followers. I don't care. I'm going to take it as they've done their work. He's up to $13.5 million in fines. Because every game that he misses, the 76ers are like, nope, not paying you. That is a ridiculous number. <laughs> hey, man. Like, oh, Dak Prescott paid 25000 <laughs> Well, Ben Simmons has paid $13 million in fines. God, his agent has to be so pissed. 
I believe he's with Clutch Sports, so like they're not hurting for cash. Well, like thirteen million dollars, you are doesn't matter what. It's yeah, for. if you're missing out on thirteen million dollars, that has to start to affect your like lifestyle. I mean, like, oh shit, like I don't have money. <laughs> what am I gonna do? Maybe you're looking at the app on your like <laughs> checking your phone. You're like, hey, uh, where's the yeah. bank account at today? Lost oh shit, we in mil? the red. <laughs> <laughs> this has to be good. It's not good, Ben. It's not good, but what is good is Miners and Monroe, if you can get to Pittsburgh, Kansas, well, hidden gym over there at Pittsburgh, Kansas. Yeah, kind of missed I it. I went to school there, and it's, it's gotten better since I was there. When we were there, I was like, hey, this is actually kind of nice. Like, why am I not over here more? <laughs> hey, Joplin, take some notes. Seriously. Take a 30-minute car ride. Take a notebook with you. And see what they're doing in Pittsburgh because it's way better than what's going on in Joplin. Uh, but a great spot in Pittsburgh is Miners and Monroe. If you cannot get over there, don't worry about it. You can find them online at minersandmonroe.com. And if you use the code MikeUp10 at checkout, they will give you 10% off. Again, that's minersandmonroe.com. Next up is going to be Gunspot. Be sure to visit them at Gunspot.com. No reserved auctions every single week. No hidden fees when you check out. All you got to do is purchase You know, either your guns, your ammo, your accessories. They have all of it. Again, no hidden fees. It's just the taxes and what you're purchasing. Also, there's danger everywhere in the world. That doesn't mean you should be scared of it. But make sure you're in a position to protect you and your family because it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And you can get that protection and feel safe with Gunspot.com. All right, let's also get to um, our trip. A little recap of the trip that we made down to Dallas where they do the O-line mastermind stuff with Duke Mannyweather, who I'm not just saying this because we just talked to him and he let us come to his facilities. <laughs> He's become the guy for offensive lineman training. Yeah, this and is I think the it's Jordan Palmer of offensive line. Yeah, uh, like the guys that he has there this year. Evan Neal, who could potentially be the first overall pick. Mm -hmm. Charles Cross, another one that could be, I think he'll be a top 10 pick. Um, I think he said Aquanu was like a part of the program, but the training somewhere else. Uh, In L.A., yep. Yeah, Uh, but some of the other guys that they had there too. Darian Kennard, I think we both walked away very impressed with what he did. But it it was such a good environment. And those guys are down there working their asses off. I mean, it wasn't just like, hey, let's go through some offensive line drills, work on our kickbacks, hitting the bags, a little work. No, these guys, from taking care of their bodies early in the morning, stretching, warming up, all of that into... At 6 a.m. Yeah, six, legitimately 6 a.m. It was like, oh, great, we get to... <laughs> We get to get up with you guys too, yeah. <laughs> and um, it did. It did feel a little different being there at first, but kind of once they started getting in the groove of everything, working out, it was like, okay, hey, like this is this is some impressive stuff. It was. Uh, like, it just, I hadn't seen any of that stuff before, to be completely honest with you. To see guys that big, to move the way that they do, and even like the little stuff, like when they had the cycles that when they were doing the cycle workouts, and yeah. they'd have to come in. They'd lift, then they'd go over, and they'd jump each foot and then up. It was like, holy cow, like some of you guys are pretty quick twitch with the feet on this jumping. And yeah, I, that's the part that I really enjoyed because you can look at a guy's tape and be like, oh, man, he looks really athletic. But when they're doing like that circuit workout and they're going through each drill, it's like, okay, this guy is a pretty good athlete. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, this guy really surprised me. And I think another guy that really surprised both of us was Trevor Penning, yeah, the Northern Iowa tackle. 
I haven't watched any tape on him at all. Uh, I've seen a lot of people talk about him. I've seen a lot of people say first round. Uh, I get it now. I think he's he earned himself a lot of money. He's going to earn himself a lot of money being with the O-line masterminds guy and at the senior bowl because he's going, correct? Yeah, yeah. He's a I mean, he, he's going to be one of those guys where you keep a name on it. His name is Trevor Pinning. I th- Massive individual. When I walked around the corner because you guys were like, hey, are they warming up on the field? I'm just like naively like, oh, let me go look. I turn the corner. This dude is coming at me. And I'm like, oh, fuck. And did a little sidestep. I was like, hey, my bad, dude. And he's just like, fine. And he just walks outside. And I was like, yep, duh. they're all this down is here. <laughs> the first year that I've been covering the draft where I look at these players and I'm like, man, you are just a child. Yeah. Like you look at them and physically you're like, that's a grown ass man. But this year, even being at O line masterminds, I would look at guys that tr- like Trevor Penning and be like, you are 22 years old. Yeah, I mean, looking at Evan Neal and Charles Cross was – I kept thinking the same thing as, like, you are a massive individual, mm-hmm. and you're just – you're younger than me. Yeah. Like, yeah, significantly you have, younger than me, right? Like you're five years younger. That old guy, but it's like looking at him, it's like you have no perspective on life yet. Yeah. Like, you just got out of college, and then you signed up for this, and, like, they're putting you through work. And you're working your ass off. But you, you know, probably for the most part, haven't encountered any, like, real life. Yeah, I mean, all you know is just football. Like, especially if you're coming from an SEC school, and it's like, yeah, I am just told what to do every day, and I'm good at it. Yeah. Like, I mean, they might, you know, there's always the the adversity of life and everything else off the field. some of them have definitely lived through some shit. Yeah, but it's just you can tell that, I don't even know. It's like, it's weird to maybe word this, but it's like they haven't comprehended the fact that they're going to be fucking millionaires in four months. Some of them. Yeah. Most of them, yeah. Yeah. And if they're not millionaires, they're going to be very, very close. And for Trevor Penning, uh, I just looked it up real quick. We were talking about Mel Kuyper's mock draft that he did. He has him going number 25 overall, which right now that would be slotted to the Bengals. Obviously, there's a lot. Boy, that'd uh, be a great fit. Yeah, that'd be too good of a (laughs) But I even think with this at 25, maybe I'm a little bit biased because we just saw him. I do think that after the Senior Bowl, after the Combine, he's not going to be there. <laughs> no, and I think another I think he's guy. A top 15 guy. And another guy, I don't know where he slotted at in between the first or second rounds or just round-wise, but like Darren Kennard out of Kentucky. That was another guy that Duke yeah. mentioned. like, hey, he's going to make some money, or he's going to earn himself some money going down to the Senior Bowl. Yeah, and uh, he's not in Mel Kuyper's first round. Yeah, we should yeah. just say yeah. I mean, <laughs> the way the way this guy played and moved. I mean, this was another. I think he's a little older though, but this is another one of those kids who just is big and physical, and I mean, he's got a big personality. So I think that's going to be welcomed in some organizations. Yeah. I walked away very impressed with Kennard and Pinning. Mm-hmm. And I, I think Kennard will interview well too because I do. Th- his personality was contagious it's like you just wanted to talk to him he'd be like oh man how is that and i know he's just gonna that fucking sucks dude but (laughs) you can just kind of i don't know he's just one of those guys that you'd like easily be able to chit chat with as he's in the middle of working his ass off for the draft yeah yeah whether it's uh, he just he keeps people involved too Mm -hmm. very athletic and And he was i mean from the when they were stretching he was the only player that was talking six o'clock in the morning this dude's just wide-eyed ready to have full-on conversations and evan neal's like dude just (laughs) I'm trying to stretch, man. (laughs) That's at least what I felt like was happening. Another thing that impressed me, I just pulled up, by the way, 
uh, Dane Brugler's. He did a two-round mock draft. Mm-hmm. He has Kennard going 42 overall. Uh, so right there early in the second round. I I think that's great value. Yeah. Um, another thing, and I know we talked about it off here, but something that like really caught my attention and kind of just like hit a light bulb this weekend was while these guys were working out, there's TVs in the workout facility and ESPN's on. And like the head, the headline is should the Dallas Cowboys move on from like Mike McCarthy? Then it goes to Bart Scott and he gives his like little spiel and they didn't have the volume on cause they were playing music, but it just kind of clicked. It's like, we're in Dallas. This is the headline right now on ESPN. Like these players see and hear everything. And I know we, I know we say that and it's just like, okay, yeah, they see it. And then you move on. I'm legit like everything. Yeah. Well, you know, they like for those guys, they're working out together. They're, yeah, um, I guess you'd call it a gym, but you know, their TV's on. Do you have guys like Evan Neal and Charles Cross who are competing to be the first tackle selected in this draft? Yes, they're going to see when Mel Kiper comes on TV and says, "I love Evan Neal. He's my guy. He should be the first overall pick or whatever." Charles Cross is like, "Yep, I see that." Yeah, and it is. It was really interesting to see those two compete. It was, and the thing was, it was like it was a quiet competition. They yeah. weren't like it's like I know we're doing it. Like, we're not going to talk to each other. We we're just talked about Kennard being very vocal, like big personality, great. Charles Cross kind of opened up as the day went on. Yeah, Evan Neal. It was when we got to the high school and we were talking to Duke, and he just he called them a silent killer. And it's like this dude is he's nice, very good kid, but he's here to work hard. He does work hard. And his mentality is just let's go get the job done and be the best that we can. Yeah, and a lot of NFL organizations or the top three, whoever getting him, are going to yeah. love that. Yeah, if you're the Jets, don't even worry about it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't, I, he's he's not going to be there. <laughs> uh, it, like another thing that impresses me every time I go and see these offensive linemen working out is how fat they are not. Yes, you yeah. would not see one of those guys that was there walking around in, like, street clothes and think, man, that guy is fat. Like, why is mm-hmm. why is he like that? Why is he built that way? Like, eat better, do better. There's, like, maybe, like, a little bit of a belly on some of them, but that's it. Like, yeah. They are, they are in very good shape. And it's, like, <laughs> the fat is just waiting to come off the body because of how much they just have to keep it on there. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. They have to eat so much to maintain a certain weight. But even a guy like Evan Neal – who is a massive person who's listed at six foot seven. I've seen him as heavy as three sixty five. But going and watching him and getting a look of him without his pads on, it's not sloppy. No. And Charles Cross looks like a defensive end. He looks he looked small, but he's freaking huge. <laughs> yeah, it's just because of this draft class, when you look at guys like Evan Neal, uh Darian Kennard, Trevor Penning, they're all six foot seven. Yeah, you look on the other side of the field and like, oh, those guys are all like, you know, probably six foot, whatever. And then as you get closer, it's like, oh no, these are all just fucking giants yeah, down here. You know, the like almost everybody that was there is probably three hundred thirty pounds plus. Yeah. And then there's little Charles Cross, who's six foot six, three hundred and ten pounds. <laughs> it moves very, very so, low body fat. Man, he moves so well. It just goes to show these guys are athletes too. They've just they're required to be heavier. Yes. And the amount of weight. They're required to move other individuals their size. Yeah. And it's just, 
I don't know. I just feel like we just say, maybe it's just me. Like, I feel like I've always heard it and I've always said it or seen it too. And it's just it. never really, I don't know, hit home or whatever. You know, the message never really clicked with it until I see it myself. And I was like, fucking A. It's like watching the NBA and seeing these guys dunk. I watch it on TV and it's like, all right, cool, they dunk. You see a person, you hear the rim snap, you're like, I'm standing up screaming because that was sick. Yeah. Same thing watching these guys work and watching them run the 40s or their like quick 20, 20 yard shuttles that they were doing or For sprints. Me, they were doing a lot of resistance runs yeah. where they're like pretty much harnessed on a leash and running. These offensive linemen, again, Duke's doing a phenomenal job, but they have other position groups down there too. Yeah. And they've got some like defensive linemen, some linebackers that are there. These offensive linemen are outrunning them. Yes. Like legitimately. Yeah. Or. Or kind of maybe like two steps behind a safety that's down there working out. And that safety hauls fucking ass. Just shredded. I too. Little white dude. I don't remember his name. I don't yeah. either. I don't remember where he went to school at, but that that dude could fly. And then that's when it also hit me too. Is like I've been watching these NFL games in person. I don't think I comprehended the fact that they run that speed and then go, I'm coming right at you. Yeah. I now makes sense on seeing that from Derrick Henry and being like uh-uh. <laughs> right. We talked about the dunks earlier. It was like, that one, I'm stepping out of the way. I'm not. Well, I'm I don't just remember gonna... who it was that was running like their 20. They were working on some 20 yard dash stuff. Uh huh. And I mentioned to you, like, can you imagine if you saw that, like, as a pulling guard? Yeah. It was Evan Neal coming around. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, like, he did. I know that he's going to be, like, he's a marquee. It was, the, it was the kid from LSU, actually. He was the first one that went. Yes. Yeah. Just Jesus Christ. That <laughs> is what's coming at me, and I'm supposed to. Shed that block. It's also crazy okay. seeing like the the body type difference between a guy who's clearly a guard and a guy who's clearly a tackle. Yeah, it seemed pretty obvious for most of those guys. Yeah, that were there. It's like tall and skinny tackle, short and just freaking chunked up. You're a guard, and then a center, one short little white dude. I don't remember. I shouldn't call him little because yeah. he's not little. He's like six four, <laughs> three twenty, but he's just <laughs> shorter than the other guys and kind of like a big old bowling ball out there. Dude's just hauling ass, too. I think he was from Duke, center from Duke. Yeah, I don't remember his name. Some of those guys I didn't get named because they weren't there at the first workout that we went in the morning. And uh, I think another thing that was really impressive is that they were doing some stuff at their facility and had to go yesterday to a local high school. Mm -hmm. And I've seen a lot of, like, high schools build these new indoor facilities. I know somebody mentioned it on Twitter to Matt, like, oh, you should go check out Neo Show's. That's where I used to coach. They are one of the only schools in the state that have an indoor facility. It's super nice. What they're doing in Texas is ridiculous. Yeah. So, so they the players went and worked out at a local high school, and we got there a little bit before them. We're touring the facilities and the weight room and stuff. And then these Division One athletes come in, guys from Oklahoma State, from northern Iowa, and they are touring the indoor facilities and it's like, oh, my gosh. And I think somebody even made the comment of, like, don't you wish your high school had something like this? And one of the players was like, I wish my college had something yeah, like this. Pinning did from it's, northern Iowa. And, like, I was sitting there. I was like, I, I've been in the workout room from Missouri State, and it was nothing like that either. Yeah. I did think it was funny. Evan Neal walks in, takes two steps, was like, man, Bama's better. And then yeah. turned around and walked out. Like, it, I felt like that was a look on it because he did not spend, like, any time. He walked in and was like, all right, cool. And he immediately walked this. back out. Yeah, uh, he probably was not shocked, uh, but it was. I I was even a little bit shocked. I mean, a full indoor facility for a high school. 
Yeah. I mean, the, even the lady that we were talking to who, like, opened the door, I'm sitting here thinking, like, this is a high school secretary, and she is in charge of this whole facility. Yeah. Just freaking hanging out, giving us, like, a little mini tour, which was nice. I mean, everything that they get to do with that, and they're building more, like, there's just housing development all around it. It was Melissa High School, um, and it was just, it was so cool being in that. And the fact that their AD was talking to us when we first got there in the weight room, and he was like, it's just it's hard to get the message across to some of these high schoolers that will and might go play college ball. It's like, hey, this is top of the line. Like, yeah. you might go to a university and they don't have this, so appreciate it while you do. Yeah, and another little uh, fan question that we got today regarding Texas as well: Do you guys think Dallas has a chance to grab Tyler Lindenbaum, center from Iowa, at the twenty fourth overall pick, or later? Um, no, and also no. I think they are pretty happy with what they have at center. With Tyler, yeah. Tyler Beatish, another guy that we got to see uh, on our trip. I think he's been exceptional. And uh, the Cowboys maybe need some help. Maybe you can move Beatish to guard and play Linderbaum at center. I don't think he's going to be available at pick 24. And I think that the Cowboys are probably pretty happy with what they have already at center. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's a second-year player. He's very good. He doesn't get talked about as much because I think – the stars that they have on that offensive line yeah. for Dallas. And, I mean, that's another big dude, too. I mean, he was the first player we saw when we walked in just getting treatment, stretching out with the trainer. But, like, man, everything that's going on at that facility and being at the star is nuts. So to think about Dallas getting just more offensive linemen, and it's like, well, you got Duke right in your back pocket. So he could go, hey, is this guy moving on? Well, here's his replacement right here. Come take a look. And they're like, well, we'll be there in five minutes. Yeah, yeah, uh, but it was a great weekend to just – not even a weekend. I keep no. thinking it's Monday. It's Friday. I keep thinking it was like a weekend trip too. It, no, that was uh, – It's because we didn't stop. Dude, our life is awesome. <laughs> yeah, not complaining at all. It no. Really cool. Yeah. Uh, and thanks Our life to, is dope. I do dope shit. Yeah, Click. Matt Miller and the draft scout uh, for letting us tag along and go with him. As well, it was it was a, a great time, and a great time can also be had at Club Six O Nine right here in Joplin. Uh, it's pretty much the only thing that Joplin has that Pittsburgh does. Yeah, Club Six O Nine and um, Downtown Loop. I mean, absolutely. I mean, that's the other thing is that that Joplin has over Pittsburgh Downtown Loop, located right here in the heart of Joplin, Missouri, off Main Street and First. These guys pride themselves on getting you in and out as quickly as possible, and getting and getting ooh, and getting your vehicle <laughs> taken <laughs> taken care of. It's not a matter if it's a matter of when you're going to need your oil change and your tire service. Get that done at Downtown Loop. They do have more services, so view their full list of services at downtownloop.com. I don't know how I did the giddy, 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 giddy. <laughs> you got stopped. Wheels <laughs> yeah, stopped turning. Uh. There's a scratch on the CD. Sorry. And now we are going to preview the NFL games this weekend as we get closer and closer to the Super Bowl. Uh, the first game on Saturday at 3.30 Central Time here uh, is the Bengals and the Titans. A very good game. Uh, the AFC is so weird. I like every single team that's still playing. I'm I'm a fan of one, you know, <laughs> of course. I don't know how I feel about the other one. Like, the Titans could care less for him, and the Bills, 
I'm starting. I think I've just started to despise them this week because of the matchup. But it was also the way that things ended last year in the AFC Championship game that I still never really let go of. Really? And in the early season, just ass whooping that they gave Kansas City yes, yeah, in still, Arrowhead. Even like uh, this weekend, if the Chiefs lose, I I don't know who I would root for. Probably somebody from the AFC. I really it would like be Cincinnati. Building. I can tell you that. I think I know we're going to get into a little bit, but I'm really rooting for Cincinnati to make the AFC Championship game. Yeah. And as far as who's going to win this game, we've been wondering uh, what's going to happen with Derrick Henry. Sounds like he's going to play. I do wonder. I don't worry about like him physically necessarily. I worry about his cardio. I don't the worry stamina. About That's what I worry about too. Injury. I worry about. Can you really give him thirty carries? Is he in that good of shape coming off of the injury? Yeah. If his foot is at 75%, okay. Like, that's better than 98% of the NFL. Yeah. And I mean, the, the thing is, too, is, you know, he got the 10 weeks or so off, and everyone's like, oh, that's a lot of, like, that's a great rest. He's going to come in and be fantastic. His body's also gotten a rest. Like, in the rest of, like, you're not even practicing. So you're not getting any physical movement with the foot in terms of rehab. You're, there's no contact. You're not lowering your shoulder. You're not powering through anything. How does that react when you get into a game like this? Playing at home. Like, you're going to feel more comfortable there. That's great. But I just worry, like, let's say you just you take a shot or you get rolled up on or you're in the dog pile and someone's down there being dirty. How do you, like, how are you able to react off of that? That's what would be my worry. That's And that's the part for me that I'm not worried about. I, I do think that maybe a little bit of rest for him is going to be good because we've seen so many times with Derrick Henry where it's like, oh, man, he has over 300 carries coming into the playoffs. Now I think it could be a situation where he is – he's not dealing with those old nagging injuries. Like, oh, man, I took a really hard shot two weeks ago and my shoulder hurts. He's probably not going through that anymore. But I do wonder of the conditioning and what that looks like of, yeah, I don't know if I'm ready to take 30 carries instead yeah. of 20. And that could be a big difference maker for the Titans. And the Titans are favored in this game. As you said, they're playing at home in Nashville. They're favored by three and a half points. It's going to be 37 degrees. I think I'm leaning Tennessee. Again, I like both of these teams. I'm, I'm kind of – I don't know who I'm rooting for yet. I think I'll find out Saturday at 331 <laughs> probably who I'm rooting for. But I, I really like Vrabel and what he's drawn up there. I think that Tennessee defense could be really scary and give uh, Joe Burrow and the Bengals some problems. But I also think, uh, to contradict myself completely – Joe Burrow and that offense could give the Tennessee defense a lot of problems. They could go off and drop 40 on them. I would love to see that, honestly, because that would be kind of cool just to see a team drop another 40-some points in the divisional round like this. I do think it's going to be a close game, and I think it's going to be a fun one to watch. But I think Cincinnati comes out on top. I just think their offense is built for the playoffs right now because they have the offensive weapons in terms of the receivers and Joe Mixon. can also run the football as well. And so if you get that going early, that opens up all the deep shots for this defense because they've been known to give up the deep ball. And Joe Burrow has been known this season to drop it perfectly to Jamar, excuse me, to Jamar Chase or Higgins on the sideline. I would say the one thing for each team that really worries me for the Titans is having that week off. Are you going to be a little rusty? <laughs> is it, are you a little slow start? Still, it's yeah. pretty confusing, honestly. But then for the Bengals, they did not play well against the Raiders. The Raiders had an opportunity yeah. to win that game. So if you're going to play with the Raiders, you better buck up for the Titans. 
because that's, that's a whole nother level uh, of having Derrick Henry. And even if Henry's not out there, um, Foreman's been running the ball very well. That's what I was going to say. And Tannehill hasn't been awful either. I mean, he's been getting the job done. And I feel like he's always better in the playoffs. He Maybe very that's much because is. I really pay attention to him as a Chiefs fan. But in, in the playoffs, it's like, don't sleep on Tannehill, don't sleep on Tannehill. And the other thing is you Julio's know. not dealing with the hamstring injury. That He got another week off of rest to, uh-huh. to hinder that, which is great. And it's also just, you still got A.J. Brown over there, too. <laughs> like, right. You have both of the, you have your both primary receivers. I'm tied in wise, it's kind of whatever. But if you can run the rock with Foreman and Henry and then hit, you know, Brown or Julio on a deep shot, that might just blow everything up right there for Cincinnati and go, well, at least right. you got one playoff win. And I think with the Titans and in the playoffs, I'm going to take them, and the difference maker is I think you can rely on the running game. 37, I don't know like if it's going to be windy or anything like that. It doesn't look like it's going to rain. 37 is still pretty cold to be playing football yeah. in. So I'm still going to err on the side of good defense and running the football. That seems to be the equation for the playoffs. I will take the Bengals to cover. I think this one is going to be close. Three and a half points, though. I'll go Titans. And Bengals cover. I'm actually just going to take the Bengals to cover and win. Rooting for that. Uh, Next game in the NFC, uh, another 1990s matchup of the San Francisco 49ers and the Green Bay Packers. I will openly admit, as I have been for a while now, I don't like either one of these teams. (laughs) I kind of like the Packers. I despise Aaron Rodgers, and I don't want to see him win. I do not like the San Francisco 49ers. I don't want to see them win. Their base is insufferable. Uh, But I guess in this game, I think I'm going to find myself rooting for the 49ers. Rooting for, not betting on the 49ers. But I think it's going to be a close game. Over-under is 5.5 for Green Bay. Playing in Lambeau, 12 degrees, that's a big difference maker. So, again, I'm rooting for San Francisco, I think. I'm picking Green Bay to win, though. So I'm going to do the exact same thing. There's a part of me that really wants to take San Francisco, but I feel like I'm going to say that, and then Jimmy Garoppolo is just going to shit the bed, almost just like he did against Dallas. Or we're going to see Jimmy Garoppolo just do everything the right way and be crisp and get the ball out of his hands and just matriculate down the field and score. Yeah, I think they will win or lose this game based on Jimmy Garoppolo. I think so. Because uh, at times it looks terrible. But if he can just be like, okay. If he yeah. doesn't turn the ball over, San Francisco might win the game. Uh, legitimately, yeah, I'm right there with you. But I think, like, if I got to be smart and make a pick that I think is actually going to happen, I think Green Bay just runs. Because, I mean, the last time they faced off in the playoffs, Green Bay lost at home yeah. in an embarrassing fact. No, it wasn't, no, it wasn't a home. It was in San Francisco, wasn't it? I don't remember. Green Bay does a very good job of making it to the NFC title game, too. Yeah. So I'm I'm going to pick Green Bay, but I'm not rooting for Aaron Rodgers. I hope... I think I've said this before, too. I hope the Packers win, but Rodgers throws like three interceptions, which maybe has never even happened. <laughs> I don't think, I honestly, I don't think it has. Yeah, it's like two interceptions in a game. <laughs> Holy shit. And I, we were talking about this on our drive home yesterday, too. I also, I hope there's a situation to where Matt LaFleur has to make a decision, and it's not the one Aaron Rodgers wants. <laughs> Now, I would love to see a late game situation. Hypothetically, they like, <laughs> fourth and eight. Yeah, it's like a fourth down, and uh, Lafleur says, "Nope, we're kicking the field goal," or "Nope, we're going to punt it." And, and Rogers is like, "Nope, I want to go for it." 
I could see them hashing it out. Uh, that I, so just fingers crossed for that. Just like late game chaos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe something stupid in the first quarter where it's like fourth and two and LaFleur decides to punt and it pisses Rogers off. <laughs> then fast forward to the fourth quarter to where something big happens and Rogers just loses his shit. Like goes Antonio Brown. Like I'm done here. I'm not playing anymore. We lost. Or runs off the big, field. <laughs> if the Packers get down big, and he's just like, I'm done. I'm not going yep. to put in Jordan Love. I'm done here, which will probably not happen. But let's remember, we also all rooted for a tie in Week 18. So let me have my moment of, hey, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> we all rooted for the tie. That's a good little thing to throw on there because you're right. Yeah, Let it would be crazy to see it. Uh, everybody told me that the two teams were going to kneel the entire game. And if we San Francisco does have a true opportunity to win this game, what do you think is the key difference that helps them do so? Debo Samuel, just straight across. He's so is Bosa good. Bosa cleared the uh, concussion protocol, right? Uh, he was still listed as questionable, uh, so I don't don't know yet. That's going to be a big difference. Uh-huh. San Francisco like sneaky banged up. Yeah. Warner was hurt, too, uh, in the game against the Cowboys. So we'll see. I mean, he's already said he's going to play. But how limited is he? And then is Rodgers going to be able to take care of that if he's just a step slower? Yeah. But, again, I'm taking the Packers to win. I'll take the 49ers to cover. But I'm rooting for the San Francisco 49ers. Yep. Um, next game on the schedule is the Tampa Bay – I almost said race – Tampa Bay Buccaneers <laughs> hosting the Los Angeles Rams. This game is like not getting any attention for being a very good matchup. Like clearly, both of these teams I could easily see winning the Super Bowl this year. And I hope that we get good Matt Stafford. I would love to see a shootout of Matt Stafford and Tom Brady. Going <laughs> yeah. back Stafford gets the big plays and Tom Brady's just slowly carving them up. That we're gonna get bad Matt Stafford and like drops from Tampa Bay receivers. I feel like this is like a game where we see Tampa Bay wins. <laughs> I feel like this is a game where we see Tom Brady throw a couple interceptions, and this is going to cost them the, the game. Whew. That's about as bold as my Aaron Rodgers. I mean, that's what he did last year. Didn't he, didn't he have like four interceptions in that game or three, and they still found a way to win? Yeah, they uh, yeah, they still won though. So, like, I think this is the game where we see him throw two or so, and he they don't get you know a random uh, hands to the face call or a random holding or offside. I think this is going to be the end for Tom Brady this season. I think L.A. can come in and get the win. I the think end of Tom Brady? For this season. I threw that in there at the end. Not like, okay. not Tom Brady's done, done. No, 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 no. Not predicting that. I heard that, that. my brain stopped. Like, I need to analyze what my man just said. <laughs> Let me just hold up. Pause. <laughs> no, I think I think L.A. can come in and get a win. I think they're, they're motivated. Stafford looks good. He has that connection with Odell, what I was talking about last week. Everyone else is on the same page. Cooper Cup is clearly there. And, and when you look at Tampa, Tampa is really beat up right now. Yeah. I mean, they, they you're, didn't have you're like down receivers. The offensive line worse is down. Your center went down right. with an injury. Jensen, he did come back. But it's still like that's something that Tampa got really lucky with last year through the playoffs, that they were completely healthy. And everything started clicking perfectly for them into the playoffs. And they overcome the adversity that they faced with the turnovers from Brady and still won. Think things are different this time. It's really hard to repeat too, and one of the reasons why is because you play so many games. Playing what is it, like eighteen, twenty games that you have to play. Yeah. And then coming back in the next off season and trying to do it again, you see a lot of these guys start to get banged up. And Tampa Bay is definitely feeling it right now. 
They're a two-and-a-half-point favorite. I'm going to take them and take them to cover because my three-point rule. So I, I think Tampa can do it. I have a very hard time betting against Tom Brady. Yeah, I mean, he's 14-2 and two in the divisional round. We heard that stat this morning. Yeah, that's 14-2. and two. That is nuts. The fact that he's played at 16 He's played a regular season divisional round games. That's stupid. <laughs> I actually think Tom Brady doesn't get enough credit for how good he is. What? I do. Like, as in entire sports. We talk about LeBron and Jordan all the damn time. Tom Brady is so much more accomplished than either one of them. Oh, okay. I see. Like, so not just football. You're talking to everything. Yeah, I'm talking everything. He should be thought of as the greatest athlete of all time. And I know, like, he's not a fast runner or strong, but the greatest professional athlete of all time. Athlete or player? Whatever you want to call it. Because him. people are going to think athlete and be like, oh, yeah. well, like, this offensive lineman's an athlete, but he's not, like, he's not that good. Right. So the greatest player of any sport ever. Yeah. I would agree with that. He just won fucking seven Super Bowls. Let's say they do go to the Super Bowl and they win this. Half of his career has been Super Bowls. He will be 500 in Super Bowls. Very good chance. That that is stupid. Yeah. That's also 12 Super Bowls. Again, I think he's like – Or 11, excuse me. He's underrated because he's not the athlete that LeBron is or even like, like a Lamar Jackson is. But I don't care about that. I care about accomplishments. He's won more championships, Super Bowls, than Jordan or LeBron. Or even throwing him in like the Babe Ruth, Willie Mays conversation for baseball. Nobody's dominated their sport like Tom Brady has. And, I mean, it is continuing to do it at 44 years old. Yeah. And somehow looks better than he did when he first came in. It's stupid. We all need to start doing the TB12 method. I, I think I just I'm waiting for. Actually, probably the money. I bet it's expensive. <laughs> but I can't, I haven't even looked into it, so I don't actually know. Watch, it's probably super cheap. It's like for twenty five bucks a month. Here's everything <laughs> yeah. you need, and I'm not twelve doing bucks. It. Twelve bucks a month. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's probably like a literally code. in the name. <laughs> yeah. Use code TB12, and you know what? Fuck it. It's free. Just <laughs> <laughs> eat avocado ice cream and stretch. You're good to go. Yeah. In the last game of the weekend, the Kansas City Chiefs hosting the Buffalo Bills. I think that I'm going to root for whichever team wins this game as my Super Bowl team. Uh, the spread on this one is one and a half mm-hmm. for the Chiefs. That's a, that's a tiny, teeny, teeny, tiny little spread. I do still feel confident in the Kansas City Chiefs. That's not just my bias as a fan. And I think the reason is because it's a home game. Yeah. If this game were being played in Buffalo, I would actually take the Bills. But I, I think that the Chiefs can win it. I think being at home is a big difference maker in this game. And uh, weather is not going to be too bad. I know we were up there last week, and it was like 13 degrees. It's going to be 40 on Sunday, so it's going to be a pretty nice day. And um, a lot to play for here with Buffalo, too. This is a revenge game for them. So a a lot to play for. Obviously, they want to make the Super Bowl, but I think they've also had it like a chip on their shoulder of we want to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. I wonder, so I love the fact that you brought the revenge game because that's been my thought through this entire thing leading up to this point to the end of the show. Did Buffalo already have their revenge game early in the season? Is this now like a revenge game for Kansas City to be like, hey, you embarrassed us I, I on think like it's just, prime time? I think it's a revenge game like 2.0. 
Like, okay, we like, did it in the regular season, and that's nice. We proved that we could do it. Mm-hmm. But we want to send you home from the playoffs. Yeah. I do wonder how much. So I'm going to pick the Chiefs, and I have several reasons. One is Buffalo has not faced a high-powered offense in, like, a month. The last time they faced anyone that had a decent quarterback that could get the ball down the field and effectively threaten them was Tom Brady. And Tom Brady is not throwing the ball that deep. So, I mean, he's just getting the ball out of his hand quickly. And so I do wonder if this defense, we saw the great play against Mac Jones last week um, where where Hyde comes flying out of the screen, like onto the screen, intercepts the football. And it's like if that ball is there just like a touch sooner in terms of arm strength or ball speed, that's a touchdown for the Patriots, and they're in that game in the beginning. Instead, it gets intercepted, and you kind of see New England fall apart directly after that. The defense for Tampa, or excuse me, for the Buffalo Bills is beat up right now. They don't have Trey White. I think that's going to hurt their secondary. Also, the other thing is when you look at Kansas City in that earlier matchup against Buffalo and within the last month, they have figured things out. They're not the same team as they were early in the season. They're not killing themselves with turnovers. That was a possibility last week against Pittsburgh, but we saw them just go, hey, we've been in this situation before. At least we're doing the beginning of the game where there's a fumble that turns to a touchdown and an interception off a deflection, and it's like, forget about it. Let's move on and go win this football game, and then they rally off like however many unanswered points, and it's like, holy shit, look at Patrick Mahomes throw four touchdowns in 11 minutes. That's nuts. I think they're going to come in this game, and I think they're going to have enough firepower. Their Buffalo's defense is just going to be a step slower because they're not used to the speed and the arm strength that they're going to get from Mahomes. I know they know it's coming, but they're not used to it, and they haven't been challenged that way in a minute. And I don't think they're facing Josh Allen. And like to get to Josh Allen in this defense, you got to remember the additions that have been made. Like Daniel Sorensen pretty much started that game. Nick Bolton didn't play, I don't believe, in that early regular season matchup. Willie Gay wasn't fully... You know, in the personnel, we'll see if he even plays this game from the Kansas City aspect. But it's just the fact that this defense is also different for Kansas City. You have Melvin Ingram. You can get to the quarterback with only four rushers. Juan Thornhill's playing. The back end of the secondary has been so much better. Guys are stepping up and making plays. I think Kansas City wins this game by at least 10 points. Really? Yes. I think they are pissed. Like, everyone is picking Buffalo. Are they really? I mean, matchup predictors got Buffalo winning. I mean, I know it's only like, what, 3 4 5%. So it's just at a point where everyone's looking at Buffalo and they just think redemption. Everyone's talking about Josh Allen. They're overranking Patrick Mahomes. We know how Patrick is mentally where he's just finding things to put on a bulletin board and keep him motivated. Travis Kelsey's ready to go. I mean, just all these guys want to step up and make plays. And I think this is a game where we see Tyreek Hill go off again and go, that's where he's been. Because we've not seen him in a minute either. No, he's been on terms of like explosive plays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even the drops have been a struggle all year for Tyreek. I, I think one thing that's really going to hurt the Chiefs is the mobility of Josh Allen. I think he's going. I haven't looked at any prop bets. I would say he rushes for more than sixty-five yards. And you would take the over on that. Yep. I, I think that even in situations where maybe the secondary is able to stick with some of these receivers for Buffalo, and he just takes off. Yeah, and runs. I. It, it's almost like uh, the guards come off in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Where during the season, it's like, okay, we're going to kind of protect Josh Allen. We don't want him running around too much to get those <laughs> hits. In the playoffs, it's like, fuck it. Go. Hey, let him go. If he <laughs> yep. wants to run, let him run. And, the thing, and to go done. with that for Kansas City, I, mean, I think there's only going to be two guys that spy him. That's Daniel Swartzen, who's been known to miss tackles. A lot, yeah. and it's Willie Gay or Willie Gay, and with his off the field issues, does Kansas City go? Hey, you're not playing. 
Yeah, and I don't think he's a good enough tackler for Josh Allen either. Yeah, he's I mean, got that athletic be... ability. But like Nick Bolton doesn't have the speed. Nope. He's a good tackler. I mean, that almost might be your better option, I think. Bolton? Bolton over Gay if you're going to spy. Yeah. Like Tyron Matthew. Too small. He's not big enough. Yeah. I mean, he's yeah, just I'm not. I'm sorry. I love the mentality. <laughs> I know you play like you're bigger. Not for Josh Allen, though. Not again and again and again in the game. I do. And I also worry about Stephon Diggs. Like, who is who's going to guard him? God, don't. And Kansas City's defense goes man. We know that. And they've been getting burned on it. We saw it against Cincinnati. Play somebody over the top. And Snead's good. He's a good young corner. Mm-hmm. He's not ready for Stephon Diggs one-on-one. Mm-mm. I don't think Snead will be on Diggs. I think no, it's going to be a Charvarius Ward. They've been playing Snead a lot in the slot, yeah. I believe. Because they, they use him to blitz. They've, he's really developing into Tyron Matthew. I would love to see him just take Cole Beasley's. I want to say head off. <laughs> maybe that's too aggressive. Yeah. But I would love to see Snead get a good shot on Cole Beasley. <laughs> That actually would be sick. It's not even that I disagree with his COVID stuff. It's that he's such a whiny little bitch. I wonder if we'll see the a big hit from Tyron Matthew because he always has one in the playoffs, like at least every game where he just comes out of nowhere, flies in, and just decks someone. We saw in the AFC Championship game against Tennessee a couple years ago yeah. that tied in where he just leveled them. Do it to Cole Beasley. Little guy, little guy. Yeah. I'm gonna, so I am going to take the Chiefs in this one. I do think it's going to be a very close game. And I do think that whoever wins this game is the team I'm rooting for to win the Super Bowl. Well, if Kansas City wins and you're like, go Cincinnati, we're going to have a discussion. <laughs> yeah. I'm taking Bills over Bengals, though. Bills over Titans. Yeah. Bills over... I, I also could... think this could be like the Super Bowl in a way. Could be. It's definitely the best game of the weekend. Yeah. It, it, it's kind of turning into a little bit of a rivalry. Which I think we really wanted Deshaun Watson versus Mahomes as a rivalry. That's been put on hold. Yeah. Wanted Lamar Jackson versus Mahomes as a rivalry. But like all along, we've had Buffalo right here with Josh <laughs> Allen. Like yeah. that is the rivalry. Yeah. And I think it's a good one. And even for the fan bases, they're, I love the way everyone's been trying to find that new Brady Manning playoff, like the regular season. This like, is I'm, it. Yeah. To where the NFL needs to look at it and be like, okay, we have an extra game this year, it's going to be Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes. I'm fine with that. Give me Every that year? year. Yeah. yeah. They should. It felt like they always found a way to have Manning and Brady play in the regular season. Yeah. I know they do like this rotation and shit. Well, it's also like if you win your division, you play other division winners, right? Yeah. So, so. I, <laughs> I don't care what the rules are. Find us a way to get Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes every year. Like on college prime football, time. just be like home and home. Like, <laughs> yeah. Every other year, it just flip flops. Be like, oh, okay, it's an even year. We know we're going to Buffalo. Yep. <laughs> but I, I do. I really like both these teams. Uh, both fan bases, I think, have been great on Twitter this week, which is kind of surprising because very much both fan bases suck a lot. <laughs> I've been seeing a little duel between fans for Cincinnati and Tennessee. To where uh, was it? It's like in a grocery store. It's like we're going to get – like there's no more Tennessee here. So they took I think like barbecue or something like off the shelves. And someone in Tennessee was like, well, Cincinnati only has like this t- type of like canned bean so or canned chili. So I was like, yeah. let's get that off the shelves. Uh, yeah. And in, with Kansas City, from what I've seen, and I'm sure there's a lot more out there too, everybody's just been like super nice 
And like, oh, my God, your wings are awesome over there. Clearly, our barbecue is better. And yeah. Buffalo fans will be like, yeah, your barbecue is better, but we do have amazing wings, too. <laughs> and so I do. I If I weren't a Chiefs fan, I'd probably be a Bills fan. Yeah, honestly. I I've like always liked their logo. I've always liked the colors. And I want to see them in the drought, honestly. I could also find myself rooting for another Tom Brady Super Bowl. <sighs> I would, too, but it would almost be annoying. But God damn it, Tom. I will say, <laughs> I know I said I was rooting for the 49ers earlier. I would like to see Rodgers or Brady in the Super Bowl. Because then regardless of who's there for the AFC, it's uh, okay, we're going to have to beat one of these other yeah. great quarterbacks. I'd like, I'm would like. i definitely rooting for Stafford in the NFC as well. Yeah. Like, I don't need Jimmy Garoppolo in a Super Bowl again. already seen it. <laughs> it was yeah. uh, kind of a shock. <laughs> And I want competitive games this weekend, too. Like, last weekend's games, they, they kind of sucked, honestly. They were all blowouts. And then you get to the Cowboys-Niners game, and it was like, ah, that's just super confusing. Yeah. So, yeah, so. I, I do want it to be competitive this weekend as well. I think it would be fun. It would also be cool if Matthew Stafford does make it to the Super Bowl and go, he had to beat Brady, he had to beat Rodgers, now here he is. Yeah, very true. Um, All right, that's it for us today. Uh, Big Country and I will be back on Monday. We thank you guys for joining us. And as always, we'll be right here in the call-in app, 10 a.m. Central Time. And thanks to our great sponsor, Roper Kia, as well. Uh, Go in there, mention us here at Mike Up, and they'll give you $1,000 off your nicer new.